The following episode is explicit and is intended for mature audiences. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Dallas County, and I'm here with uh, Ruby and Serenity, both from uh, Dallas County around there's about... Well, uh, Serenity, I think, is in Waxahachie. Uh, which, it's the same thing. Which is... Is it in Dallas County? I don't even know. Yeah, let's let all of our stalkers know exactly where we are right now. Yeah. Well, you're not, you don't live there. You're just visiting. And... <laughs> Becca, and we're joined with Becca again. Yay! Yay! Thank you for joining us again, Becca. Yes, reporting. Becca is joining us from H Town. Yeah, from Houston. Houston. Yep. And it's always a pleasure. Yeah, reporting. Um, Becca was with us for our Harry Potter episode, and that was a lot of fun. So now we are going to geek over. Drum roll. What are we going to geek over today? What are we going to geek over today, Becca? Spider Man No Way Home. That's right. Oh, no way home. So let's Inter- talk about Inter- it. There's Spider-Man theme song here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say let's first start this off by saying No Way Home. I would, I would if I would make a prediction about the top films of the 2020 decade, this film would probably make that list for <laughs> sure. Um, I heard it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. A lot of people were upset about that. Yeah, like what? That's why the the Oscars are gonna do uh, best fan favorite now. Oh, okay. The Oscars are not valid. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. They're not valid. She's not wrong, but I still enjoy watching. I still that enjoy them too. Much. And I'm pretty sure the people that do win Oscars are going to be like, bitch, you ain't invalid. <laughs> Literally. Invalid. Literally. All right. So let's get started. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, where and when uh, you first watched this film? Um, yeah, I've, I've got tickets like as soon as they, you know, dropped because I was not going to miss this. Like I had so many... Um, I had seen so many posts about like so many predictions like oh my god Tobey Maguire is going to come out and Andrew Garfield is going to come out and the Avengers and all of this so there were like so many things that were like buzzing around this movie so I was like I have to absolutely have to see it as soon as it comes out because I know people are going to ruin it like I know people are going to just as soon as they see it they're going to start posting and they're going to start um, ruining it for people that haven't seen it yet. And I did not want that. I wanted to experience the, the whole movie, you know, on my own. And it was just amazing. I'm so glad that I got to see it. Um, it was on a on a Thursday, I think. It, right? it was the night the night before it was. like. Oh, so you watched yeah. like the premiere premiere. Yeah, we, yes. went to the, we had to be bougie. No, we could. We barely got seats at that because there were none. Like there, it was yeah. so hard to find. We tickets. were all the way in the front row. Yeah, the front like, row. No, yeah. there was one more row in front of us. No, but it, it was wasn't, like, dude. It was literally the last row. There was no <laughs> other row in front of us. Okay, well I stand corrected. We were in the very first row. Yeah, but luckily we had those seats that like recline all the way back. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that saved us. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I had an amazing time watching it. Good. I was just like everybody in the theater as well, like everyone was having all these reactions 
and it's so funny because my six-year-old was with us too like of course you know i wanted to take the kids to see this movie and my six-year-old like would lean over to me and she'd be like everybody's laughing or making noises and yelling and i don't know why <laughs> so yeah there was a lot of reactions in the theater and i was just like i, I was i was loving it when did you see it becca so I so my dad got tickets when they dropped, but I didn't actually know if I was gonna be able to see it opening night because I didn't know my schedule yet, and I had already requested off in December for uh, like a vacation that I was taking out of state, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to request off another day in December, so I kind of just hoped that I would have off. And so my dad bought two tickets, and he's like, you can't go. I'll have someone to go with me. But the ticket is for you, like, first, first, uh, and luckily, um, my schedule lined up, and I was able to go opening night. Oh, my God. I would have been like, fuck work. (laughs) 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 This is more important. Well, luckily, my manager is also a huge nerd, um, so she knew exactly what that night was, and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting you... You're, I'm putting you down for not not able to not able to work. Um, that was nice. One. Was gonna, yeah, so she knew what I was gonna want be wanting to do uh, that night. So she was like, "Yeah, no, you're good. I got you." I was like, "Great." I wish I had leaders in my organization that were like, "Oh, Stranger Things is dropping this day. I already know you can't come to work." <laughs> is it the final season? No, the final season is um, season five. The, the fifth season okay. yeah and then i'm gonna have no nothing to do with my life after that yeah because season four is in two parts yeah, yeah. um that's a whole nother episode mm-hmm. but <laughs> now as but, for yeah. as for me i went during uh christmas time uh i went with my sister to see it in the river center in san antonio and oh, i got yeah. yeah and i had uh amc stubs so that means I had uh, $5 on Tuesdays. So that's what I use my $5 Tuesdays on. So I we went to see it. And uh, then after that, I watched it with the rest of the family at the IMAX Theater. Also oh, in the nice. River Center. At so the Alamo IMAX. Yeah, I got to, I got to see it twice. Uh, nice. Yeah, I was at the Alamo IMAX. So yeah, that's, what, that's when I saw it. And I... Loved it. I watched it twice, and I was like, it was one of those films that I'm willing, more than willing to watch twice, because it's Definitely. super good. So Did yeah, you get, um, that's a movie you watch twenty times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I saw you. Uh, I remember one time I saw you not pirating it. <laughs> Did you get any spoilers before you went to go use it? Like I mean, before you went to go see it, I did ask. It? I did ask Becca for spoilers, but she didn't say anything. Good for you, Becca. I, yeah, I did. I was like, no, it's a movie that you should experience yourself. You should absolutely not get it spoiled for you. Absolutely. <laughs> I tried to get Nate spoilers this one time, and he didn't let me. It was Wait. the opposite. <laughs> what happened? I tried to tell him. I was trying to tell him that Tobey Maguire does come out in it. Oh, wait. Or did I tell you that? I don't I remember. remember if I did or not. I don't remember. <laughs> What's a big thing? Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't remember if I 
told him Renato, but yeah, if, if, if I did, I remember I was trying to like spoil more stuff and he was like, no, don't spoil anymore. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I'm surprised that Tom Holland, given his history of spoiling things, didn't spoil it for us beforehand. I think Andrew Garfield had the hardest job because he was doing promotion for Tick Tick Boom. And so he was constantly on press junkets and in every single press junket when he was t- trying to talk about Tick Tick Boom, he was asked about Spider-Man he was like, I'm not. Of I'm course. Not Oh um, my so I think god. He had the hardest job out of the three out of the three of them because he was on the he was the one that was like on the press junket for the longest before the movie was released. Yeah, so he just had to straight up lie. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny though because I remember seeing pictures of all of them at the airport. And that's when people were kind of like putting two and two together. They were like, oh my God, you know, why is Toby and why is Andrew and why is Tom Holland all at the same airport, you know? And it was so funny because Andrew and Tom and even Zendaya, they're all like, you know, kind of being friendly to the camera. And then you see Toby Maguire and he's just like, oh man, <laughs> like, stop looking at me. Bully Maguire? Bully Maguire? Yeah, because he does not like paparazzi. He really does no, not like them. No, he does not. Yeah. So let's get into the plot of this film. So we're going to do a little plot summary. So we're going to go forward in time in our time machine. You guys ready to go to, go in the time machine? You, mm-hmm. you, you. So we're going to go forward in time to 2024. Manhattan. Or no, not Manhattan. Queens. The Queensboro. So we are going to go, uh, so after uh, Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, frames Peter Parker for the murder, for murder and reveals his identity as Spider-Man, Parker and his girlfriend MJ, played by Zendaya, and best friend Ned Leeds, played by, who's he played by? Jacob Batalon. Jacob Batalon and Aunt May are in interrogated by the department of damage control but never fear lawyer matt murdoch played by charlie cox is here to save the day the daredevil himself how are we how did we feel when we saw daredevil that that was i had no idea who that was yes serenity she's like who is that person that I didn't know who that was. I was I like, felt... everyone clapping. I was like, why are y'all clapping? Yeah, I felt embarrassed for her. <laughs> I I had just finished binging Daredevil that year. Like, I had, I tried watching it when it initially came out, but I just never finished it. So I finally binged it all in maybe like a week or so. And uh, so I knew exactly who it was um, as soon as he put the cane down. And I was like, there he is. There's, there's Daredevil. He's not someone I expected to show up in the movie. Because um, I knew there were rumors. I knew there were theories and all this stuff. But my kind of plan for dealing with rumors and theories and leaks, pictures, and whatever else was just straight up denial. I was like, I'm not believing a single thing unless it's like officially released. Um, so all of the leaks pictures of Andrew Garfield, um, when he was like on the scaffolding, I was like, 
it's Photoshop. And I fully let myself believe that it was Photoshop until I saw the movie, which helped make the movie a better experience anyway. But back to Daredevil. Yeah, it was great. I was a little sad that we didn't get to see him suit up as mm. Daredevil. Like, we didn't get to see him as Daredevil. We just saw him as Matt Murdock. But the little, um, when someone threw a brick into the window and he caught it, and he, and Peter goes, how'd you do that? And he goes, I'm a really good lawyer. I did appreciate that a lot. And so we did get to see part of his um, powers and part of him being able to do that. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool. I really liked seeing that at all. I wish he had a little more screen time, but with the pacing of the movie, his amount of screen time worked perfectly. I think so, too. I think it was just enough. Um, it was, like, the first, you know, kind of, like, gasp for people. It was the first, like, reaction. It was a really good one because it wasn't something that I think a lot of people didn't know about. I didn't, I hadn't heard anything about that one. I had heard about the other Spider-Mans and stuff like that, but I hadn't heard anything about Daredevil. And so I had no idea. I was completely blown away when I seen it and I knew who it was, not even just because I, you know, know in itself that Daredevil is an attorney and he's a superhero because I watched the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil. So... I mean, that's how I know Daredevil. I had not watched the newer series of Daredevil, but I, I still knew who he was, you know, alone, just let, let alone with the cane and the glasses, you know, obviously. So. Well, it's leaving the 28th, so might want to binge it before then. Yeah, I would yeah, highly I suggest you watch Daredevil by Drew Goddard. It's really good. Oh, I'm no. trying. Yeah. I have so many things I'm watching yeah. right now. And also uh, <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin return in, in Hawkeye. So that's another thing but that's a story for another day uh and i'm also hoping to see maybe Kristen redder return as jessica jones but i don't know if that's gonna happen i'm less confident about that uh and i think and i think the punisher is coming back i think that's confirmed so yeah so i think oh yeah and so uh matt murdoch actually gets peter's charges dropped so that's great but the he is really he's actually a good attorney yeah he's actually a good attorney yeah he's actually a good attorney but in i think in this in the netflix show i think he's supposed to be like a struggling attorney or something no. oh he's actually no, really no, good never mind um no he's a good lawyer like in the show um he's really good at his job him and foggy oh okay it's just the manner of the reason he's not successful is because he doesn't take the cases of criminals and defend them and then get them off Oh, okay. Um, so, not many. So he doesn't have as many clients. That's why he's more struggling. Not because he's a bad lawyer. Um, he's a great lawyer. It's mm. just he doesn't have enough clientele. Yeah, I'm a really yeah, good I lawyer. I think that was perfect. That you know, being in the universe that they're in, that they would choose. You know, the only you know attorney that there is to choose. You know, that would understand the circumstances. You know. Spider-Man and what's going on. So I yeah. think that was one perfect. thing. I one thing I did notice um, in the meeting, like when it was Happy May, Peter and Matt. Uh, May kept calling Matt. Matt. She wasn't like you know. You know, normally you call a lawyer by their last name, like thank you, Mister, Mrs, or whatever. Um, but she was pretty friendly with him, and so I was curious if 
May and Matt had some sort of history, even if it was just like friendship, because she was just very casual with him. Hmm. Um, that's just something I noticed that I thought was, was interesting. Maybe. Or may just be hitting them rounds, just like she did with Happy, and <laughs> just because she can. I mean, she's hot. Okay. So, yeah. Do you, girl, do you. Yeah. So, yeah, so the charges are dropped, but the group grapples with negative publicity. Oh, no. <laughs> now, after Parker, MJ, and Ned's MIT applications are rejected, Parker goes to the New York Santorum to ask Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange for help. Now, Strange, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man was trying to get like trying to be canceled. They're basically trying to cancel Spider-Man for killing someone, allegedly. <laughs> but the charges were dropped. I don't know how you drop murder charges, but <laughs> when there's video video evidence, quote unquote. I know it's not real, but at face value. Uh, so, Strange casts a spell that would make everyone forget Parker as Spider-Man, but is corrupted when Parker repeatedly requests alterations to let his loved ones retain their memories. Now, Strange contains the spell to stop it and makes Peter leave because he's super angry. Now, Parker tries to convince MIT administrator to reconsider MJ and Ned's applications, but is attacked by, who do we see? But Otto Octavius, played by uh, Alfred Molina, back at it again as Dr. Octopus, ever since Spider-Man 2. So, how do we feel when we see Dr. Octopus? Because um... in the, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, he was in the trailer, so it's like that was the one we were expecting um, because we had seen him in the trailer. And I thought it was really good of Marvel to release because we had, uh, they had told us that Alfred Molina was coming back, so we already knew this. And then when, but it was good that they showed him in the trailer. Um, and there's a trailer, or in the trailer, he goes, you're not Peter Parker. Um, so that kind of confirmed that he was not an Otto Octavius from the MCU's New York. He was a different Otto Octavius. So, like, we got that confirmation. Um, so going into the theater, we knew he was coming. We knew that it was not going to be an MCU Otto Octavius. It was going to be a different universe's Otto Octavius. Um, so that was pretty cool. But it was still amazing. To, to watch like in theater and to fully watch it like I still got chills when you know the cars were flying and then he came out in his tentacle glory but yeah yeah and with the power of the sun and the palm of my hand that was a lot <laughs> I, I I was really like that was another like thing that you know people had a big reaction to but of course like we had seen it in the trailer like Becca said so we were kind of expecting that one um but it was just great to see you know the reaction of you know uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man and you know the fact that um Otto Octavius or what's his name is that his name yeah Octavius Dr. Octopus Dr. Yeah, Octopus, Dr. Octopus. Um, I, I, whenever I saw what was going on I, in my head, I'm like, okay, but 
Peter, the other in the other universe, Tobey Maguire Spider Man killed him, right? Like, no, he's, he he killed himself. He sacrificed himself. Right, like well, he, like he's dead, basically. Is yeah. what my thought was. So I'm like, so this this spell or whatever that happened brought them back from before, right? Because yeah. they were like fighting. That's what he said. He was like, you know, I was in the middle of fighting you, yeah. and then it was before know, he redeemed himself. Before he was like, I will not die a monster, and then he. Right. And then he sacrificed himself to save New York City. So I guess I was kind of confused because we were getting these characters pulled in from other universes and we kind of didn't know like the exact time frame that they were getting pulled in. Like not all of them. I know they explained Dr. Octopuses, but the rest of them were kind of like hard to pinpoint like what time frame, I guess. And some of them didn't even die. Some of them didn't die. Um Like uh, Sandman, he didn't die. He just said, I'm sorry. And then he was like, I forgive you. And then he peaced out. Um, and the lizard just was in prison. Right. Yeah. Right. One one moment between uh, Tom Holland's Peter and Otto Octavius that I really loved was when Otto goes, I should have killed your little girlfriend when I had the chance. And obviously he's talking about Kristen Dunst's MJ, but... Tom Holland's Peter thinks he's talking about Zendaya MJ mm-hmm. and he crawls out from behind the car with all of the iron spider legs and I and he goes like what did you just say mm-hmm. and I loved that part in the movie that I thought was awesome and it was almost like foreshadowing of how much darker his Peter is gonna get throughout the movie so oh yeah absolutely so uh octavius then rips parker's nanotechnology from his iron spider suit big mistake because it... yeah he he was like that that spider-man you're dealing with over there ain't got all this new tech yeah because it was like <laughs> 2005 or 2004 yeah. <laughs> so now that actually bonds with the mechanical technical tentacles and allows parker to disable them now then we see norman osborne enter the party as the Green Goblin, played by Willem Dafoe. He's back. And, and everyone was like, go stupid, go crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Green Goblin I mean, is... There's so many people that just love Willem Dafoe. I'm sorry, like, I love mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I think it's Willem, yeah. there's no I in his name. But, yeah. So, yeah, like... The Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, I would think, is one of my favorite villain performances in a superhero film to date. So it's it's great to see him return and reprise his role as the Green Goblin. Uh, so Absolutely. yeah, no one else could play him as well as he plays Green Goblin. Like the acting, superb. Yeah. So how do you think this film definitely like adds on to the character that he portrayed back in Spider-Man One in two thousand two? I think it's better that they they had him discard the mask early on because Willem Dafoe, his like facial acting skills are like wicked impressive and mm-hmm. he has this sort of craziness about him and it's awesome and so he without like his voice acting is obviously amazing as well but if you cover his face you don't get to see the crazy as much and green goblin is crazy so 
it was really nice that we got to fully see his face as he was acting as Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really good decision that they made, that they ditched uh, his helmet as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they also... So I, I like that they did that. They also showed that, like, internal struggle, struggle, like, right off the bat, because that had to be introduced in the film early on, obviously, so that it can mm-hmm. cater to Tom Holland's sympathy, because that's pretty much the reason why I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man out of, I guess... Toby Maguire's. I can't say Andrew because I did not watch Andrew's films. I feel bad about that now. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I feel like Tom Holland's Spider-Man is always like the sweet, sympathetic, like empathetic, like understanding, and he's just like really kind-hearted. Now I don't know how that's going to change down the line, but as far as what I've seen, you know, it played to that character where he just wanted to help him. You know, he knew that he was struggling and he really, you know, wanted to genuinely help help him be better. Right. All of them, really. He wanted to help all of them. Right. Well, I mean, there's a part where one of them, I don't remember who it was, goes like, why don't you just kill us? And Zendaya goes, um, that's not who he is. Like, she's very quick. That's not who he is. And it's true. That's not who he is. He wants to help. Um, he's a very try to find a solution before murder kind of Spider-Man. Which obviously changes later on in the movie, but we'll get to that. Yeah, And Doctor Strange Uh, was like, kill him, kill them all. But, yeah, his his Peter it's just a there's a lot of duality to it, which is really cool. Um, So yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) So then Strange actually teleports Peter back from the highway back to the Centaurum and locks both Octavius in a cell next to one Kurt Connors, a.k.a. The Lizard, played by Rise Iffens, back from the Amazing Spider-Man films. So Strange explains that before he was able to contain the corrupted spell, it summoned some people from their universes who know Spider-Man's identity. Now, he orders Parker, MJ, and Ned to find and capture them. Now, they were able to locate and retrieve one Max Dillon, a.k.a. Electro, uh, played by Jamie Foxx. And now he's actually, play- he's actually playing, like, himself and not, like, a blue person. Uh, so, how did we feel about that change? I can't really speak too much on Jamie Foxx's character because, like I said, I didn't really watch the movies where he was so, in it. And yeah. I mean, in in the Amazing Spider-Man, it I only watched it in theaters um, when it came out, so twenty fourteen ish. So it's been a while since I saw his original performance. Um, but I know a main complaint was just the CGI part. And how it was kind of that was like a big part of it because I can't really remember a lot of like the actual characterization or the writing or the acting part, but just from what I saw in No Way Home, you know when he got this new surge of power from being in a different universe, his personality changed. Um, he was much more confident and. You know, he got to play 
he had to kind of be the person he originally wanted to be in the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, because because uh, his like his whole personality in the in Amazing Spider-Man Two was he was kind of dorky, didn't really have a lot of friends, and then you know fell into a vat of electric eels. Um, kind of shitty, and. <laughs> So other, you know, than him just automatically becoming a villain, we actually got to see a better fleshed out characterization of this character. And Jamie Foxx had a lot more to work with. And it was just, there was a lot of really good additions to it. Um, just from what I can remember from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 versus No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I really love that they had Jamie Foxx's... Um, is his name Electro? Electro, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at Iron Man's. What do you call it? The thing that he the had. The arc in his reactor. Chat. The arc reactor. Yeah. Yeah, that reactor because he was just like, whoa, what is this? You know, like, and I love that they, you know, kind of had a part of Iron Man, you know, kind of sprinkled all over the film. So, yeah. R.I.P. Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark, R.I.P. But don't worry, Electro <laughs> was not alone. He was also with one Flint Marco, a.k.a. The Sandman, played by Thomas Hayden Church, coming back from Spider-Man 3. And he's the only character from Spider-Man 3 who comes back. <laughs> so, yeah, so now uh, Osborne comes back and reclaims control of himself from his split Green Goblin personality, which is another thing this film does. They definitely do go more into Osborne's D.I.D., and actually like explores that a little bit more as opposed to back in 2002 back when mental health wasn't super understood as opposed to now where it is it is more talked about so what do we think about that yeah i'm i'm really glad that they did that um because it just it just speaks volumes when you see a film you know representing internal struggles you know because there is so many different types of internal struggles that you know all humans really deal with on a day-to-day basis so it's kind of refreshing when you see some real life stuff get thrown in there with these uh super villains i'll call them Mm -hmm. so i thought that was good that they did that yeah and it shows like how he is really not that villain but that personality is just so strong that it takes over yeah unwillingly yeah and he's super sad because he comes back and then his son is gone uh Mm. probably you know banging theaters like theater students that he has uh which i think he admitted to uh and yeah he like comes back and he doesn't know where he is Mm -hmm. he's like I don't know where my home is. Yeah, somebody else is living in his home. Uh, His company is gone. His son is gone. Yeah, and he definitely struggles with that. So he actually ends up going to a feast building uh, where May works or volunteers at, and he confronts uh, comforts him before Peter retrieves him and sends him off to the prison. Uh, while discussing their battles with Spider-Man, Osborne, Octavius, and Dylan realize that they were pulled from their universes just before their deaths. Uh, Strange prepares uh, to reverse the contained spell and send the villains back to their respective universes, but 
Parker argues that they should first cure the villain's powers and insanity to prevent their deaths upon their return. Now, Parker steals the spell, traps Strange in the mirror dimension, and with May, uh, takes the villain to Happy Hogan's apartment. Now, he cures Octavius, but Osborne's goblin persona takes control and convinces he and convinces the uncured villains to betray Peter. As Dylan, Marco, and Connors escape, the Green Goblin fatally injures May. And before she dies, May tells part Peter that with great power, there must also come great responsibility. They really got us on that one, bro, because they made it seem like she was okay. Because she got up and she was like, oh, I'm fine or whatever. And then they have like this one-to-one kind of chat and as soon as she said those words i was like oh no she's dead she's gonna die Mm -hmm. (laughs) as soon as she said that she just collapsed and that's when he you know touches the back of her head or whatever he touches Mm -hmm. all the blood and that was really heart-wrenching because i don't know you just you just didn't want him to suffer through that loss you know because his aunt may meant so much to him um, I do like the part of the whole him trapping Strange in the mirror universe because he was literally like so happy when he beat Doctor Strange in his own mirror universe because he came out of there and he was like, oh my god, I was just in an intense battle with Doctor Strange and I beat him. Like, it's so crazy. I forgot about that. That was funny. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a, a really good, like, laughable comedic moment right before they tear your heart out with the death i really liked that they gave aunt may the uncle ben role um because we've seen uncle ben die eight million times we're over Mm -hmm. it we're we're (laughs) like i know uncle ben dies i get it and so when the mcu first introduced spider-man and peter parker they kind of they didn't introduce him with an origin story they just introduced him as he's already been spider-man for a while and so they kind of cut a lot of uncle ben out and a lot of people were complaining about it which is funny because originally a lot of people were complaining that it's like we don't want to see uncle ben die again it's like all right (laughs) take this then um in far from home though peter's suitcase it has a bp on it which is probably ben parker um and then in homecoming uh when ned finds out peter spider-man Peter kind of goes, you know, with what my Aunt May has been through, or, you know, something along those lines, you can kind of infer, and I kind of prefer that they did it that way, um, and because we see Aunt May more, she's the actual parental figure more consistently in this version of Spider-Man, um, it made sense that she got the great power must also come great responsibility line, it made sense that it was her to say it when she died versus us, like, say, getting a flashback to when Ben died and him saying it. It made much more sense now, and Marissa Tomei and Tom Holland's chemistry together as, you know, nephew and aunt is so good. Like, they... They're, they work together really, really well. Um, we saw it in Homecoming when right after Tony takes away the suit from Peter and he's crying and he's upset and May is like, you have to tell me what's going on. 
and it's just this really nice moment. So Marissa and Tom have always had really great chemistry together when um, when they're acting, and so that entire scene was so well done um, when she died, and then when Happy pulls up and he sees her and he see he sees the situation that's happening, um, and Peter knows he has to leave, and Happy knows that like shit's officially kind of gone off the rails at this point but yeah i just in general i'm very excited that they i'm sad that aunt may died but i'm glad they gave her the uncle ben role of being the one that actually influences peter to do his best and be the best spider-man that he can be so right so now because this film with the start of the with may's death now that's when peter continues where the other two Peters start with the loss of a loved one and a parental figure. So now he's going through those changes uh, and while these other two already went through it. Now, uh, so Ned actually discovers that he can actually create portals using Strange's sling ring, uh, which he and MJ use to try to locate Peter Parker. Now, they instead find alternate versions of Parker from the villains' universes who are summoned by Strange's spell and who are nicknamed Peter Two, who is played by Tobey Maguire from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Hooray. Everyone was clapping when we saw him. Everybody was so happy. It's Mm -hmm. funny because we got a reaction when they first show um, Andrew Garfield, right? Like, he was the first one the first spider-man that comes out yeah and he just comes out and it makes you fall in love with him and made me rethink not watching any of his spider-man movies because <laughs> i was like why did i not watch these movies like i love him and then you get toby coming out and you get an even like more insane reaction right and it was just like oh my god it was it was i don't know i don't even know how to explain it it was just like one of the most happiest moments <laughs> in movie watching for a lot of people. Yeah, people love those movies. What did you yeah. think when you saw uh, Maguire, uh, Becca? So I, so because Andrew was first, um, I loved Andrew Garfield. To be fair, his movies weren't done well, but he was the best part of those movies. Um. Like, there's a lot of his lines and scenes that were really well done. It's just the overarching thing. So I was really glad that we got to see more of Andrew. And then Andrew and Santaya's banter, like, with the bread. And then him, like, sticking to the ceiling. And I was like, crawl around. No. Um, And then Andrew with Ned's Lola. And just that entire scene was great i absolutely adore that because we got to see andrew with really good material um Mm -hmm. and then when toby came in i mean he's the he's the first one and like um and it was and he it's been so long since toby played spider-man but he played him just the same like Toby's Spider-Man was very awkward and very nerdy. Like, that was a criticism of, like, Andrew's, was that Andrew's Spider-Man was too cool, which is funny, because he was actually a massive 
dork in his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andrews was, or not Andrew, Toby's was very, very dorky and nerdy and awkward. And Toby just flew right back into that with no problem. And um, he apparently dresses like a youth pastor. Exactly. <laughs> and then when Andrew and Toby, they they recognize that they're Spider-Man, but they're not the one that they're looking for. They, you know, kind of fight each other. Um, and it was just that entire scene, from the second it switches to that scene to the second it ends, is great. I oh, yeah. It. I love it. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, after that, we actually and also introduce Peter, uh, Peter 3, who is played by uh, Andrew Garfield, who is from the Mark Webb's Amazing Spider-Man duology. Now, the group finds the universe's Parker uh, named Peter One, so that is what he's referred to. Now, who is ready to give up and send the villains home? Now, the alternate Parkers share stories of losing loved ones and encourage Peter One to fight in May's honor, and the three Parkers develop cures for the villains. Everyone knows that uh, Tobey Maguire lost his Uncle Ben and Andrew Garfield. The one that he said was Gwen Stacy, but he also lost an Uncle Ben, but he didn't mention it because the other guy already mentioned it. That's what I was going to say. I, w- well, I was going to ask, did he have an Uncle Ben that died in his movies? He did. Okay. Yeah. So. But that Gwen one is like more heart wrenching, and it's a foreshadowing for Gwen is Emma Stone, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Emma Stone's character. Okay. And Andrew Garfield about. and Emma Stone were dating at the time, so he was holding his at the time girlfriend who was acting dead. So was, that was, which is why Andrew Garfield's emotions during Gwen's death scene were he. That was one of the most well acted things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so it makes sense that he mentioned Gwen, not Ben. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And it also kind of also plays into, um, the whole savings and day later on in, in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so yeah. So now, uh, the group actually lured Dylan, Marco, and Connors to the Statue of Liberty and Peter one and Peter two. Cure Connors and Marco while Octavius arrives to help to cure Dylan. Now, and Ned frees Strange from the mirror dimension with the portal, and the goblin appears. Oh no! And unleashes the contained spell, which begins pulling more people from other universes. And in there, we could see uh, Black Black Cat. We can see her. We can see the Rhino. We could see Craven the Hunter. We can see. I think his name was like the beetle or something like that we can see all those guys oh and the scorpion we could see the scorpion i didn't know any of those they all look like uh what do you call it like zodiac sign okay <laughs> in the sky okay so yeah so yeah so they came in and oh no it starts pulling more people so strange attempts to hold them off while in rage while an enraged peter one tries to kill the green goblin and Peter Two stops him with his wise gaze. So, what do we think about that whole scene? Um, I well, I honestly was having a very, very, very fun time just watching them all together. Um, but it it was you know apparent that 
they are all used to working alone, right? Like Spider-Man doesn't have a sidekick and all the other Spider-Mans normally just fight, you know, villains on their own. So you could kind of tell that there was, you know, issues with them trying to fight together. And so I'm assuming that that had to happen at some point where they all like kind of were like, hey, we need to figure this out and do this, you know, as a team so that we can, you know, win against these bad guys and go through with our plan that we have, you know. And I think Toby had to stop him because he knew that Tom Holland or Spider-Man 1 really did not want to kill somebody. Like, he knew what kind of damage that would do to him, and he didn't want him to have to do that. So he kind of, like, wanted to bring him back to his realization of, hey, remember when you wanted to help these guys? So I think that was good that they did that. It's because I think also, yeah. Yes? Uh, Well, like what Toby had said earlier when they were talking about Lost, he was like, I got what I wanted. The guy that I thought killed Uncle Ben, I pushed him out a window, or he fell out of a window or something. Yeah. Um, And he didn't save him. Uh, He got what he wanted, and it didn't help. It didn't do any. It didn't change anything. Um, And so, and Toby being the oldest of the three, and it it had to be him to to save Tom Holland's Peter, um, and the Aunt May in the Raimi verse said Spider Man doesn't kill people, and so Toby was kind of like channeling that part to help get Tom Holland's Peter to not to not kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just want to point out, Tom Holland's acting in that entire scene was absolutely brilliant. That entire scene was amazing. Between him and Willem, they oh did Oh my god, yes. Beautiful. Like, he, his, his emotions are so important. Like, he can cry so well. Like, um, even seeing him as a young actor, whenever he was in that movie with that uh, tsunami. I with The Impossible? Called. It's called The Impossible. Yeah. He, he was young, and he's, like, his his emotions were on point, like, everything. Like, he made you feel everything, yeah. and that's he's, he's a brilliant actor, yes. I love Tom Holland. Yeah. Have you ever seen <laughs> the long- topic, but if y'all Off topic, but if y'all love Tom Holland, go see Uncharted, because that movie was the shit. Oh, yeah, she just went to go see Uncharted. <clears throat> oh, Uncharted. 10, okay. 10 recommend. It was such a good movie. Okay. I definitely recommend. I'll check that well, out. I'm gonna watch anything that Tom Holland is in, so you already know. Okay. Have you watched <laughs> the Have you watched the Lost City of Z? That's another film with Tom Holland in it. I have no. It's that. on my list. It's on my list. That okay. one is on my list. Um, Robert Pattinson yeah. is in it too. I think I think uh, he he did very well with Aunt May scene. He did very well with the rest of the Spider Mans. And with the villains, like he, it was just a really, really well executed, mm-hmm. you know, dialogue and yeah. everything. So yeah, so, uh, so then, uh, Peter three helps Peter one inject the Green Goblin with his cure, restoring Osborne's sanity. Now Peter one realizes that the only way to protect the multiverse is to erase himself from everyone's memory and request that Strange do so. Now while promising MJ and Ned that he will find them again, the spell is cast and everyone returns to their respective universes, including one, including one, uh, 
including one Tom Hardy looking Eddie Brock from who is aka Venom from the Venom movies. That's in the end credit. And you know what? I'm kind of upset that they didn't give us the a deleted in credit that I just actually heard about earlier today. There was supposed to be an end credit where all three of the Spider-Mans were doing Tobey Maguire's dance in the black suit where he comes out. That would have been fun. I would have liked that. Oh, like why didn't they give us that? Like they could have had a second end credit or a third end credit. They decided to do the (laughs) Multiverse of Madness trailer instead. I know! We, we could have seen that already, like, on our own, because the trailer came out just recently, right? Right. Like, having all three of the Spider-Man's dance, Tobey Maguire's dance, like, that that would have been yeah. superb. The cherry on top, I yeah. think. Yeah. So, Venom actually ends up going back to his universe, ready to fight some vampire guy, uh, who leaves behind a piece of the Venom symbiote. Oh, no! Which means so that could, suggests that somebody else could be Venom, yeah. Be Venom, mm-hmm. okay. That's what I got. Yeah. That. Now, two weeks later, Parker visits MJ and Ned to reintroduce himself, but he decides against it uh, because they're all doing well without him. Now, while mourning at May's grave, he has a conversation with Hogan or Happy, and is inspired to carry on making a new suit and reassuming his Spider-Man hero. Title. And then he moves into like a an, a little apartment that looks just like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, with no money wow. and no credit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how he does that. Um, but yeah, and, and this all could have been avoided if he would have just told Doctor Strange to make a spell where everyone just forgot about Mysterio, or what Mysterio said. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> But we wouldn't have got we wouldn't have gotten this beautiful like, event. I feel like the thing with that is him, like uh, us as the audience, thinking of these easy solutions. It's a reminder that Peter's just a kid. He's seventeen, eighteen. He doesn't, and he's been through a lot of trauma since turning uh, since I don't know, fifteen years old. Um, and he is just a kid, and so kids will sometimes not know the obvious answer they'll just try to think of like he didn't think to call mit when they denied him like that's a reminder that he is just a kid who makes mistakes some of them being cosmic some of them being (laughs) um and i think it was important that we had that because toby Maguire and andrew garfield looked so much older than they were playing they were like we kind of thought oh they're He's playing an adult. He's an adult. He can know, he knows how to make adult decisions. Where Tom Holland has a bit more of like a, a baby face, um, especially when he plays Peter Parker, and that despite, and so it's just a reminder. Hey, he's young, and young people make mistakes all the time. The yeah. obvious answer isn't always in front of them, right? And I think that's important to remember. And it's important for the rest of the movie, too, because they can obviously give him character art, given the fact that he's so young still right now. Like, if he made all of the right moves exactly, then that would be a boring character, and no one wants that. And unrealistic, really, because like you said, all kids at that age, you know, teenagers at that age make mistakes, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. So I'm glad that we got this memeable moment right here. Mm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Best part of the movie. Yeah, and then when they're all like working together and they all swing together and they all land together, I was like, oh, my heart was going to pop out. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll be seeing Tom Holland wear the Spider Man suit again in yes, the now do. confirmed Spider-Man 4, which we don't know the name of yet, uh, Freshman Year, which is going to come out on Disney+, Plus, and, po well, he's not going to play, I don't think he's going to play him, Tom Holland's going to play Spider-Man, but the MCU, MCU Spider-Man is most likely going to come back in the Marvel Zombie Show. So, we have a lot, show. yeah, the wow. Marvel Zombie Show. Um, They're going to do every comic, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Have you watched? You watched What If, haven't you? What if? Yeah. Which one is that one? It's, oh no, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, the the Marvel Zombies is was an episode in, in What If. Oh, but I know what it's about. It's yeah. It's just all these other theories of what would have happened if things didn't happen the way that they yeah. happened, right? With several different stories. Yeah. You know they wanted to bring the Rocketeer in What If. I thought that would have been really cool. I don't know the Rocketeer. It was like a Disney movie superhero that came out in like the 90s or the 80s. Oh, was it like a robot looking? Yeah, it was a robot looking, steampunk looking. Oh, okay, okay. I think pack. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> I personally thought that was really cool. That would have been cool. But, you know, Feige said no to the Rocketeer. And then he was, they were like, can we do the zombies instead? And he was like, yeah, well, you can do zombies. Zombie, everybody loves zombies, <laughs> yay. Well, I'm just happy we got to see this movie, especially on the day that it came out, because I did not want anybody to spoil it for me. Everything being spoiled for me, like, would have made it, like, not as, as best of an experience as I had. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad I got to watch this movie. I'm really glad that we got to see all three Spider-Mans. Um, looks like we have... Five minutes left. Yeah. Four minutes. Yeah. Four well, minutes. also, I want to bring out that Ned might be the Hobgoblin coming out next. Oh, yeah. we. I definitely wanted to touch base on that, too. Like, it was so crazy that he, you know, has powers, too. Like, he can... Is he, like, I guess one of the tribe members from the Doctor Strange people? Or, like, how does that work? Uh, I don't know. Story. Well, he's a, he's, I know he becomes an apprentice for Doctor Strange in the comics. Okay. Um, but he does become the supervillain Hobgoblin, which I think they are going to do, especially when Ned just straight up says, I'm not going to become a villain and try to kill you. Yeah, everybody the... said that that was the foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Becca? He... Yeah, no, I agree. Um, originally, the Hobgoblin arc in the comics happened in a setting that was more similar to Far From Home. So we actually, so people actually thought, including myself, thought we were gonna get hobgoblin in Far From Home. So it's nice that we kind of have light confirmation of hobgoblin coming soon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and my my sister does not want to see Ned become a villain because she was like, no, I like him. I don't, I don't want, want to be him a villain. to either, and I want him to get back with Zendaya. That part was sad. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's... She was like really crying and she was like, you better come and find me. And he was all like, yes, I will. And, and then he doesn't. Then so he yeah, that's, that's all with the time we have today. 
Thank you, Becca, for joining us. Uh, real, yes, thank you, Becca, so much for joining us again. Uh, real quick, I will remind everybody who's in Texas that the primary elections are now running. Early vote, it started March 1. Go out and vote. All right, lovely people. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Dedicated to No Way Home. No Way Home. Bye. Fuck the Oscars. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.